Good morning from New Hampshire. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Tuesday, February 11th. Here are election 2020 updates from today's show. In a union hall a mile from New Hampshire's gold-domed state house in Concord, Joe Biden was working a rope line, taking selfies, clapping voters on the shoulders, when a woman with a red plaid dress and a message got her turn. Sheila Zarki told the former vice president about her struggles. A 61-year-old disability rights lawyer who works on her own, Zarki is part of the insured middle class. Still, she and her husband Bob are fighting an unexpected $2,400 hospital bill after a facility fee was tacked on for a scan in a doctor's office. She's legally blind and holding off replacing her special glasses after they broke a few weeks ago because the $800 cost isn't covered by the health benefits they get through their jobs. And though he turns 65 next month, he's thinking of working until she's old enough for Medicare too because without his insurance, her premiums for an Affordable Care Act health care plan would be nearly twice what they pay now. She told Biden, quote, the Affordable Care Act is just not affordable for us. This kind of thing happens constantly here on the campaign trail to candidates who are viable and then the top tier and, and those who aren't. The first in the nation primary state, which votes today, is at the leading edge of Americans' frustration with flaws in our health care system. In conversations, as well as in standing room only audiences at town hall gatherings, the system's flaws come up nonstop. The expense of prescription drugs, a scarcity of mental health services, coverage gaps, and care that's difficult to afford even for people who have private insurance. Fresh polling shows 30% of likely Democratic primary voters in today's contest consider health care the single most important issue in deciding whom to vote for. That's the highest ranking issue here in New Hampshire as well as nationwide, by far. More than half of New Hampshire Democrats said in the latest polling that they want candidates to talk more about health care, far surpassing any other topic. Campaign gatherings here in the Granite State seem to be nudging the Democratic field beyond its running internal dispute over whether the country should shift to a single-payer health care system. Candidates are bringing up mental health needs and the pain of worrying about medical bills on top of diagnoses. Lucy Hodder, a health law professor at the University of New Hampshire and a former senior health care advisor to Senator Maggie Hassan, explains that this state has some of the highest costs, out-of-pocket costs and premium costs, in the region, and they continue to go up every year. My colleague Amy Goldstein, who covers health care policy for the Post full-time, says New Hampshire also has the nation's third highest proportion of residents with job-based insurance that features high deductibles the amount consumers must pay up front before their coverage begins. Last year, Dartmouth-Hitchcock Health, which is this state's largest private employer, began chipping in most of the money to health savings accounts for their lower-income workers, and they increased the contribution for employees with incomes up to $150,000 a year. Even so, the costs can be overwhelming. Kat Burrell, a marketing manager for the health system, discovered in the fall of 2016 that the pressure she'd been feeling in the lower right side of her abdomen was a four-pound ovarian tumor, clear cell carcinoma. After chemotherapy, her doctor said she was cancer-free, but then it returned last summer, and she began an immunotherapy clinical trial. 
The trial pays for the drugs, but not the CAT scans she needs every six weeks at $9,000 a pop or the infusion of doctor's appointments. Even with a health plan that she thinks is fair, she faces a $2,800 deductible for herself and her teenage son. The premiums would double if she included her husband, Chris, so he's on a health plan with a larger deductible through his job as a horse farm's maintenance technician. And at the start of each year, she dreads her plan's $4,400 out-of-pocket maximum. Together, Burrell and her husband, who recently had knee surgery, have racked up $37,000 so far for the expenses their insurance is not covering. Her husband is postponing rotator cuff surgery, wanting to focus on paying for her care, even though he goes to work every day in pain. Burrell, who's only 49, said she doesn't think of herself as a political person, but that this year, healthcare is not only number one on her list, it's what's driving her to the polls. She's known she couldn't support a candidate who favors a single-payer system. She fears that Medicare for All would rupture the relationships that she values with her doctors. She decided over the weekend, after seeing the candidate speak, to get behind Pete Buttigieg, who sprinkles his town hall events here with talk of a Medicare-like option for consumers who prefer an alternative to private insurance. Like an uncommon number of voters with this primary so close, Zarki, the conquered lawyer who approached Biden, says that she expects to make up her mind today once she's standing in the voting booth. She said she could go multiple ways and hasn't decided. She likes that Medicare for All would cover long-term care since many of her elderly clients cannot afford it, and she thinks it would end the difficult conversation she and her husband keep having. She tells him she might spare the expense of insurance by going uncovered if he retires, and he insists he'll keep working until she's old enough for Medicare, rather than leaving her vulnerable. With one of the nation's highest median ages and a fast-growing older population, the cost of prescription drugs is also a major concern here, and, and people see close up the limits of Medicare. At a Biden town hall in Summersworth, D. Parada was near the end of that rope line where Biden was talking. A recently retired psychiatric nurse, she told the candidate that people can't always afford medicines to treat their personality disorders. At the community health center in Essex, where she worked, she and psychiatrists often pleaded with insurance companies to approve drugs that were new or simply ones that weren't covered. At a town hall in Derry with Bernie Sanders, a college student holding a Bernie sign stood up to tell the candidate that he's lined up a job after he graduates in May working as an analyst for an insurance company. He asked what would happen given that Medicare for All would wipe out all private insurers. Sanders replied that there will be a, quote, very just transition period. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. If you want to hear full episodes, find The Daily 202 every weekday morning wherever you get your podcasts. 